Uh, let's do it. Let's go. Awesome. Q. Um, go. <laughs> Can you go? That, Q. That. Go. My oh, name is is Jason, and I'm boy. I'm I'm a Canadian, so I I know a thing or two about uh, weather. Um, and uh, boy, howdy, is it there is weather outside? Um, well. Uh, e, 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 mi es <laughs> eh, soy de México. Eh, ¿Qué tal, amigo? ¿Qué tal? Um, yeah. So, uh, Hugo, that was that was. Yeah, I'm just gonna. Okay, here I'm just gonna play some music. See you later, suckers. <laughs> Insert. Friends apart. Yeah. Um. All right, buddy. So, um, uh, let's get right into it. I've been watching The Office, like, religiously, because we, we've talked about that the last time, that finally The Office has arrived in Germany, like, 15 years later. Yeah. Um, and we are at uh, the end of the eighth season, so there's only one more season to go. This wow. is the season with, with without Michael Scott. Okay. Um, and... Let me just tell you, I totally get it now. <clears throat> I I definitely get the like the internet's obsession with The Office. Um, mm-hmm. It is definitely. I mean, it's calling it one of the best shows ever is kind of kind of kind of stupid because there's not that much depth to it. Oh man, I'm gonna get okay. so. Oh god. Wait, just, wait, 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 wait. Before you before you go into that, paint. Uh, let, paint paint a backdrop on on sort of why you're only just watching this now. So so we understand like how much you know about it and what you know now. Oh, I mean, yeah, obviously. So the, the thing is that I'm living in Germany, and um, this apparently is a communist country. Um, <laughs> so okay, well, in lights of current events, probably a, a very distasteful <laughs> joke. But um, so. Yeah, uh, we our our Netflix for whatever reason um, didn't include The Office up until yeah this year pretty much, and um, I seem to remember like a couple of scenes that I might have seen on television, but like mm. I I couldn't tell you like which channel or whatever if it's like a, a traditional just you know private station that we have in germany or if it's like a like a paper yeah. pay-per-view kind of kind of thing mm-hmm. i'm not i don't really remember but i seem to remember some scenes could have also just been from youtube and stuff because it's so you know yeah. ubiquitous in in the internet but i imagine you've, yes. you've seen a lot of memes and stuff you, you've, yeah you've, but this is your first real watch through oh man i so i'm telling you when so I saw this meme of Michael sitting there and saying, this is going to hurt like a motherfucker. Um, <laughs> when I saw the scene, I was almost crying. So that was like, because it was his like farewell scene, basically, right? In, in the oh, seventh season. Yeah, yeah. And um, I was choking up throughout the whole episode. Like that was, that was horrible to watch. And... Um, so now this meme has like a completely different dimension to me before be, because before it was just like a funny meme like haha he, he <laughs> says beep um and and now it's like oh man that was actually it, that actually hurt like a motherfucker so so i have an interesting man. uh anecdote about that they yeah. um okay i okay uh, i'm kind of fucking it up already i don't remember which party knew and didn't know but Either, uh, what's his name? Steve Carell didn't know yeah. that they were going to do the song in that episode. Ah, okay. Or, mm-hmm. um, like the team didn't know that that was his last day. I can't remember exactly mm, what what I, the yeah. Just from the reaction, because I've seen it very recently, meaning two days ago. Um. I would think that he probably didn't know. Just that's just my guess. Would be interesting mm. to to know, but if he knew, then this was actually brilliant acting. So, um, 
let me just look that up. The Office season yeah. seven song. But the whole, I mean, the whole time, the whole episode, like he knew it was his last day. I think, yeah, he knew it was his last day. Yeah. So probably like he was like, uh, I was listening to one of the many Office spinoff podcasts, and he was yeah, yeah. saying how like he he really didn't have to act because he was actually saying goodbye to people. Hmm. Wait here. The cast says goodbye to Michael. The song. Blah blah. blah. Mm. The biggest of which is that Carell was actually giving the office, and thus was one of the last scenes. But another reason was that the song was so incredibly moving was that Carell has never seen his fellow actors rehearse the song. Ah, in fact, oh. the first time he heard it was when they sang it on camera. Mm. Yeah. Wow, no yeah, that pressure. You only get one take. <laughs> Holy shit, that's true. Are we fucked up? Yeah. Power went out. All right, do it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, but um, I have a hard time saying it's a, it's one of the great shows ever, like the greatest shows ever. Um, mm. b- because on the one hand, I think it is. Like, it's insane how they managed... They... Like, there's hundreds of episodes, and there wasn't one dud. Like, I I mean, yeah, there's better and worse episodes, but mm-hmm. it was never, like, within a season, community season four, looking at you, um, where I felt like, ugh, this is just kind of kind of miserable <laughs> i don't yeah. I, I don't really enjoy what's happening right now and that was never the case um mm-hmm. i felt it was kind of similar with uh, parks and rec um mm. and that was also very good but it, it didn't grip me emotionally as much I, I think because they created michael as a character who's like so like upfront with his emotions all the time mm-hmm at first you laugh at it, but after a while you realize those are actually his emotions. So you don't have to infer anything anything from what he does to, you know, understand how he's feeling. But because he's showing you, he immediately grips you and immediately, like, transfers this feeling to you. Yeah. And I think that's very unique and probably... Steve Carell was most likely one of the the few actors who could have pulled that off like this really like silly acting but never making it so that you don't take the character seriously like there was this this thing I read about why there was such a big change after season one um Mm -hmm. like if you look at season one Michael Scott like he was a completely different person Yeah, um, that was like almost true to yeah. the British version. Yes, like this very sleazy, um, not giving a fuck about anyone, and also highly incompetent, mm-hmm. like manager. And that was one of the most, you know, one of the parts that was hardest to believe that a guy like that who was so fucking bad at his job could even be a manager and who was so disregarding of the people surrounding him. And um i think the turnaround they did to season two was definitely worth it because season one was like you know we finished the season and both my fiance and i were like why is this show so popular (laughs) 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 we we didn't really get it but after that we were totally hooked and yeah it's um the uh the office ladies podcast it's with um jenna fisher and angela kinsey so yeah pam and angela um basically they rewatch each episode each week and then they kind of do a breakdown and they have some guest on who was one of the actors in that episode and they talk about like the prep for that episode and the story behind Mm -hmm. it and uh what's really interesting kind of like a a running theme for the whole show is that for each season there was like a huge change in in approach to it like so the second season they decided to not stop paying paying like true homage to the british one and do their own thing and mm-hmm. then like each season was not it was never like okay green lit for another 24 episodes kind of thing it was like here's six another six another six um mm. so like they they like struggled the entire way through the for the show to like prove 
that people still cared about it, <laughs> which is amazing because, mm. like, retrospectively, it's just like this cult following. Mm-hmm. It's also that, I mean, Ricky Gervais has been an executive producer from like the start of, of the show, right? Mm-hmm. So he was very much involved, and I think it's it just. Having watched two Ricky Gervais shows recently, Afterlife and Derek, um, it goes to show that he really he thinks about his own work. Like he's, I, w- I would say, with regards to how he perceives the work on his own shows and the acting that he does, um, it's kind of Harmon esque, I would say, like very yeah. reflective and very meta. Um, like they they have so many so many scenes in in the office where you could feel like they are just openly addressing an issue that was raised by the fans, pretty much. Um, like with with irrational behavior that they then start to explain. We're like they they didn't explain that five episodes ago they they definitely just brushed over it but five episodes later we're like we should probably explain that <laughs> like one big <laughs> one one big part for example is in, in season seven i mean no season eight um there so you know gabe right like the the tall skinny guy who's like uh, uh the florida ladies joe bennett's like right hand mm-hmm. um who was sent back to Florida at the end of the seventh season. Eighth season comes, and he's just there at the office again. And no one even addresses that, like, (laughs) at all. Now we're towards the end of of the eighth season, and there's a scene where Dwight wants to apply for a job at uh, at corporate, right? So he goes to the corporate offices of Sabre in, in Florida, and... There's Gabe sitting at <laughs> at the reception. Uh, yeah, basically. I know. There's no continuity. <laughs> exactly. But then he addresses it like, "Yeah, it's actually quite easy. I Monday, Tuesday, uh, I'm at Scranton, and Wednesday to Friday, um, I'm uh, here in Florida. It's actually quite good, and it definitely confronts my fear of flying. So <laughs> it's like <laughs> they they address that because I think they kind of realized that there was this lack of continuity from you know why gabe is at the office again yeah and um so i think that's actually quite cool and um i'm really excited for the last season don't spoil it for me but i i'm i hope michael's gonna be back i don't know obviously Mm -hmm. um i definitely try to not spoil myself um at all but um mm, okay okay give me your yeah. predictions then what do you think is going to happen what do you think the season finale is i, I don't think the series be a finale. finale i'm i i thought initially that the seventh season was supposed to be the last one i'm not sure if that's right i i don't know but it kind of felt like it with the whole farewell to michael so uh, I kinda, no it, it wasn't it wasn't okay yeah, no. that's, that, that that's cool it just <clears throat> felt like it to me um so the eighth season season already seems kind of like a bonus and i thought it was quite cool how they managed to pull it off without michael um but i think the ninth season probably just gonna be another season just you know i i would think that michael probably comes back i mean i hope so um with holly and a child I would think, and mm. uh, cha- chaos ensues, and um, I would think that the end of the show, because remember I've seen the the, the German version of Office, right? Uh, Stromberg. Stromberg, yeah. Um, the finale, the finale there was basically just all of them just you know kept doing their thing. Mm. Like there was no no big. No big occurrence, no big event, nothing. Um, mm-hmm. Probably they will have to face some sort of crisis in the end. And then they're all like, oh, we're so happy we have <laughs> each other. And uh, everyone's just, you know, staying where they are, basically, and just happy and content with where they are and with whom they are. So mm. I would think that's probably how it, how it ends. But I don't know. Really excited to, to <clears> see <throat> that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, that's not what happens. 
<laughs> oh man. Uh, I won't. I won't tell you what happens. Um, but I'm excited to hear your review once it once you. Watch Everyone it. dies. Everybody <laughs> dies. Yeah, a meteor hits the office, crushes Dwight, every- shoots every survivor. <laughs> he's the only one left, and then he kills himself because he's empty inside because everyone else is dead. Oh man. Oh, that reminds me. So last weekend, I so I did like a Corona conforming uh, bachelor's party, basically, uh-huh. um, which was basically just my best friend and me just <laughs> just hanging out for a weekend. <laughs> we, we we went to Germany's highest mountain to Zugspitze. We went skiing there, which was hilarious because neither him nor I are very good at skiing, um, and obviously we opted to do that at uh, twenty five hundred um, meters. Mm-hmm. So that was that was cool, and um, he he knows I love whiskey. So originally he wanted to to do a whiskey tasting with me, right? Like like a real one um, at a distillery and stuff. And so we couldn't do that because of because of the whole pandemic. And um, instead we did an online whiskey tasting. So at first it was like. The, the fuck's that gonna be but uh, the way it worked was basically they sent you a package okay. with six different little bottles of whiskey um, containing enough for two full quote-unquote whiskey glasses mm-hmm. um they sent you like a like a tasting glass um they sent you forms with like uh you know where you can fill out the taste profile and stuff of a certain whiskey and uh, it was all through a Zoom meeting. So okay. in the end, it was like, I think, 12 participants, uh, excluding us. Um, and the distillery master who did the, the tasting with us. And um, at first, I, I was a little skeptical. But the dude who did the tasting... He was hilarious. He did not <laughs> give a shit. Like, he was so chill. Like, I've been at a wine tasting before. Okay, maybe wine and whiskey people are different. Okay, that's that's possible. But that was so, like, stuck up and, and just, yeah, so, so... Okay, so what do you do with the form that you fill out? Is it like a quiz and then they give you the answers at the end oh no 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 you're supposed to so you so he's like so now we're gonna taste the 15 year old then and then you take that you pour yourself a glass then you're supposed to smell it then you note down the the notes that you smell um then you um drink it then you uh you also describe the color the oiliness like all that stuff Mm-hmm. Um, then you taste it. Then you note down the flavor profile. They have like like kind of a chart where you just have to circle uh, where 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 it falls, what you taste, and it's this interesting thing where I'm never sure if it's actually happening or not. Like if it's real or if it's just suggestion. Mm. I don't know if you know that. Like you drink something, yeah, and you're like, mm, that's it's tasty. And then he's like, yeah, it tastes <clears throat> like like mm-hmm. a hint of apple, right? Yeah, and, and you're like, oh yeah, right, tastes like apple. It's uh, it's just like um, when people are being interrogated and they have like synthesized memories of things that didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's that's definitely the the best comparison. <laughs> <laughs> so weird, weird bummer of a comparison, but like yeah. I, <laughs> but like if so, you're told if you're told to look for cherries, you're probably gonna remember what cherries taste like and then kind of just like overlay that onto the wine. Yeah, probably. I would think that since uh the guy who did that he he underwent like extensive training to to taste all that different stuff Mm. um he didn't go in there with like okay you are going to taste cherry but he was because oh yeah i failed to mention it like he was only the substitute like he wasn't the guy who was originally supposed to do that that guy was sick but um he just jumped in basically and i think that's where his like just I don't give a fuck attitude kind of came from like he was kind of he he was thorough and he was uh, doing a great job but he was just so relaxed all the time and um best part was like there was so everyone had the cameras on right mm-hmm. um 
and you could see all kinds of different people. Like there were, uh, you know, there were couples that are clearly just on the verge of divorce. There were <laughs> couples that clearly have gone through a divorce and now have found the new partners and they think what they need to try now is a whiskey tasting. Mm -hmm. There was this one dude who sat there who had a <laughs> that was just the most German thing ever. Like he had a he was probably like late 30s probably. Mm -hmm. He sat there like in his kitchen at the table, right? And he was wearing this shirt which had some like funny whiskey saying <laughs> on there. I, I, I don't know. Like, a, like oh, what's his name? Fucking Ron from. Uh, is his name Ron from Parks and Rec? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. The the mustache guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he had like some some shirt like this on, and and he was just sitting there motionless, completely motionless, and he was just staring into the camera, <laughs> and um. <laughs> Then we had like this, this, you know, this greeting at first, where like the the um, the sommelier was like, uh, okay, so I would like everyone to just say a few words about themselves, just to you know get to know everyone and stuff. And usually I hate that, but I don't know in that setting it was like, I mean, we're all gonna drink together, so <clears throat> might as well, you know. So um, yeah, you had, <coughs> sorry, you had. All kinds of people there. And they all seemed kind of nice. And that was his turn, right? He mm -hmm. was like, So my name is Andreas. And I have tasted some whiskeys. Um, I have tasted a lot of whiskeys. <laughs> and I am very excited uh, for what you will uh, uh, show us today. Um, to expand my knowledge on the whiskeys and yes with that i say slantje <laughs> <laughs> yes that was like pretty much literally what he said and obviously in german but obviously yeah. the german uh, uh, accent conveyed that perfectly mm -hmm. and um <laughs> as we all know if you want to speak a, a different language in english you just have to do the accent right right so yes. yeah and as soon as he said Slantia, I was like, fuck this guy. And then he remained motionless until we tried the first whiskey, poured himself a glass. My friend and I, at this point, were already enarmored by just look by <laughs> everything he represented, right? So we didn't really give a shit about the tasting itself anymore. No. Obviously, there was, no, that, no. That, 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 was, that was nice, and we drank the whiskey. And, but... We were there for Andreas at this point. So we were watching him, right? And then he um, he remained motionless. And then it was time to taste the first whiskey. And then very mechanically and very just in the most German way, he poured himself a glass. And, you know, then he the, the sommelier showed us how to properly smell a whiskey because of the alcohol. It kind of tends to burn your nostrils a little. So he was mm -hmm. like, it's, it's better mm -hmm. to, like, swivel it in front of your nose and instead of just keep it, like, right in front of your nose and just turn it a little like you would do for wine, for example. Uh -huh. And um, he was just, there, like, he did not move the glass at all. He like just he stuck just, his face into it? <laughs> just... <laughs> He pushed his nose into the glass. And we were just watching it. We were like, how is this guy not in pain? <laughs> then he, he, he removed the glass. Then he slowly turned it against the light, I would assume. Looked at it. And then he just held it like awkwardly like in front of his face. <laughs> because we were waiting for the sommelier to give us like the go to drink it, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he just held it in front of his face, and we were, and he take he, he took like one sip. He did like he, there was no reaction. He was just there wasn't like mm, some yes. you know some some people would do like a little smacking with their mouth or something just to you know aerate yeah. it a little well, yeah. whatever you know or like wince their eyes or something. <laughs> he was 
drank it. And then he put down the glass. And my friend just, again, I mean, my, like the microphones were turned off, obviously. But cameras were turned on. And he just slowly turned his face in my direction. And he was like, <laughs> dude. I think Andreas is completely hammered. (laughs) 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 Oh, fuck, man. This is not whiskey tasting today. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Man, and, like, he got sent the big bottles, not the small ones. And... so yeah, we, we went through a bunch of different whiskeys and it was very interesting, but Andreas was was the highlight of the whole tasting. <laughs> and um, there was also like, there was this other couple, right? Uh, I'm saying the other, like my friend and I aren't a couple, but anyways. So there was this couple there who probably were like around our age, like pretty much 30s. And uh, you could see like the... <sighs> You know, you can tell from the way that people are sitting next to each other mm-hmm. how comfortable they feel, kind of. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And I understand that, obviously, because they had to fit into, like, the camera, probably they, they chose, like, a different way of sitting they, than they would usually do. But he was sitting there. You could tell he was probably just um, getting home from work. He... I, I would... I would think that he liked the way he dressed with like business casual kind of way. He was probably like a like a um, like an application like a field application specialist for some machinery, whatever. Okay. Okay. And he and he probably had to travel through Germany like the whole day, and then he got home and he was really looking forward to the whiskey tasting, and then his his I assume wife. Um, was like, you know what? Let's just do this together. And you could just see he was kind of pissed. The whole time. <laughs> this bitch isn't gonna ex- appreciate anything we're about to do. <laughs> and he was just sitting there, and every time, because again the mics were turned off, right? So you could just see he was really trying to enjoy it. And his wife was like, she seemed so nice. Like she, you could see that she tried to to like get into it oh. for him or with him, like kind of. And he was just not having it. <laughs> he was just he he would he would like take a sip, and you could see he would close his eyes and mm, like you know swap it around his mouth and stuff. And then he just swallows it, and he's like, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then you could see his wife talking, and you could just see that he like opened his eyes again, <laughs> like this is hell. It's like, <laughs> damn it, I can I can take it seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Go in the kitchen and make me a tuna casserole. Oh, uh, that yeah. okay? I was gonna. I was first imagining a couple who had just had like a massive fight about how he never spends time with his daughter, and he <laughs> just gets home. And this time, like the one night of the week, he's free. He chooses to do a web whiskey tasting with, <laughs> and so. The wife's like, if it's so special and amazing, I'm going to take part in it, too. And he's just, like, upset about it. And she's, like, being a good sport about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, probably. Holy fuck. Oh, man. Yeah, but that was that was definitely... Uh, th- that was quite cool. It was a lot of that fun. That sounds and amazing. Yeah. But re- so, okay. It reminds me yeah. of a YouTube... Uh, there's a channel called Bon Appetit. But they have... Yeah, I know um, that. Yeah. Uh, they have a sommelier on there named Andre Mack, who, yeah, yeah. like, uh, I guess he, yeah, I he's guess like you've... he's like he's like the guy with with the beanie. Yeah, he's got the beanie and the glasses. Yeah. Um, and like uh-huh. he, um, I was I, I like dove into his videos. They're so cool because like when you sort of uh, think about the wine world, you you kind of picture this like Fraser esque, super snooty like, uh air of superiority but then this guy's like very down to earth very very clear in communicating what is good about the wines and why without having any sort of like undertones of of superiority and like this is a yeah. 500 bottle you couldn't afford yes. it sort of thing yes. and he's just like okay this is what it tastes like this is how you 
This is how to read a label. Um, uh, like I, I've never really done a, I did, I did a wine tasting one time, but it was, it was part of like a, like a, like a five course dinner we did and, um, we didn't get to choose anything, but they had somebody come by and sort of explain to it. And that was very, very cool. Um, but that was my first time. So I didn't really have any sort of, uh, I didn't really know what I was getting into. So I think yeah. a second time around, I'll be much more looking forward to it and much more attentive to what they're saying. Um, then just mm-hmm. like, Oh boy, gee, I'm, I'm starving and I want this wine. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but like, I don't know. Uh, what was, what was my point here? Um, but you know who this was, so that that's really cool. But, um, he kind of like reinvigorated my, my love of wine because, um, my dad was like a huge wine guy and he had like a cellar and everything mm-hmm. and like hundreds of bottles nice. of wine and stuff. But but like he was he was like one of those like old guard douchey like wine folk who who's just like somehow it was like a point of superiority but um this guy kind of like made it really approachable and he shows you how to read a label like what you what to look for in terms of region and basically for for listeners like the more specific the location gets the better it is and if it's Mm -hmm. got a if it's got a vintage like a year then it's better and if there's a specific um, <clears throat> importer who imports the wine to your country, um, and you like it, then you can then a really good good approach is to just go to the to the importer's website and see their catalog because chances are they're going to import a lot of wines that are like of that same quality and sort of like same mm-hmm. style. Um, so that was mm-hmm. like some really really useful advice actually because nobody knows how to buy wine like when you think about people who your age fronts like think about mm. think of the like anyone you know and say like who of your friends knows how to buy a bottle of wine and like find something that they want to drink or even mm. if they know what they want to drink versus whether they just like just pick a pretty label or something and just and just yeah i i even have a hard time remembering <clears throat> what kind of wine i like because the problem is that like just from from the um like the type of of grape like mm. uh like chianti or merlot or like i can't seem to remember never what's well, like, really like time- nebulous it's like almost not intangible but it's like they're just meaningless words to you it's not like it's a yes. lager it's a stout yeah yeah it's they're grape varieties but but even there, I mean, if you compare it to beer, which for whatever reason seems so okay, may okay price tag, yeah, well that's a mm. reason, but it it seems so much more accessible, right? Um, it does. So there, it's for me at least, it seemed kind of easy to figure out what I, like I could do the systematic thing with wine, right? You could just go ahead, you like buy mm-hmm. ten bottles, you buy a bottle like a Merlot, a Tempranillo, a Chianti um Zweigold, what whatever like all types of different like um varieties that, that you want to try and mostly if you have a merlot probably will have kind of the same basic profile mm-hmm. that it would have throughout all merlots i would think i don't know but usually they so. do yeah sometimes it's like so something popular in canada is like when they do uh a, a, like a cross approach like so a lagered ale is is a really common like hybrid where you uh-huh. make an ale but you ferment it in cold temperatures oh, um cool. so they call it a lagered ale and like that's that's like the only so they kind of do that with like certain grape varietals where they're like oh mm. it's it's a it's a cabernet franc but it's been it's been done this way instead so it's very very different You're like okay well yeah. that just you just you just made an exception to the i before e except after c <clears throat> dude we have so right now we have um like a box of wine here which which is from from it's six bottles right in one box mm-hmm. and um we ordered that from from an actual winery mm-hmm. um which is a winery that we got to know at an expo um 2019 i want to say um and so they do they do great wine and they do kind of exotic wines as well like for example they have this one white wine that is uh stored in red wine barrels cool and be- because of that it has a lot of characteristics from red wine 
And now the thing is that that's how I would describe it because I have no better way of describing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I told my mom that and she had a glass of that and she was <laughs> like, oh, holy fuck, that's a white wine that tastes like a red wine. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. insane. Um, <laughs> th- that's quite cool. And I like stuff like that, like novelties like that. We also have this like, um, but but y- y- you have to keep in mind, like one bottle of that costs 15 euros. Mm-hmm. Um, one bottle of that wine. We also, so we ordered three of those and we ordered three of another wine where one bottle costs 20 euros. I think 22 euros, something like that. It's a mm. red wine. I couldn't even tell you which variety it is. At no, honestly, no idea. It tastes fucking great. <laughs> I, I don't know if we could find a similar wine for like a tenth the price. I, I don't know. It's, it's possible. But that's the one that we found that we tasted when we went to that, that expo. And we were like, damn, that is a good red wine. Um, and we don't drink wine that often. Like we would have like the occasional like you know whiskey or some some spirit like that um, on ice like one drink and that's kind of it. But you know you want to get fancy like around you know Valentine's Day for example we opened one of those uh, bottles. Um, mm-hmm. That it's cool to have, but I always ask myself the question: Did we have to spend that money on that? Like would we have gotten the same thing if we just knew what to look for? with the cheaper wines that maybe cost like only five euros mm. or, or six euros something like that which you would get at like your typical uh, grocery store so yeah and i think if you really have that knowledge you probably could find similar things to yeah. a fraction of the price yeah um yeah it it's a it's a good question because there's a i feel like the you're basically reading between the the lines for wine like the nuance there is very subtle like it's yeah. and it, and the separation is is i mean a, a, a somebody who knows what they're talking about would say there's huge differences between wines but like sure ob- objectively it's much more subtle than the difference between a stout and a lager or or vodka and, and whiskey um <clears throat> but yeah. that being said also i i my own um sort of experience not with wine but with vodka um we sort of went on like uh when t- the beginning of the pandemic like we went on like this sort of crusade to 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 find the best vodka because it was started like right when like like flavored soda water like bubbly kind of became yeah, really yeah. really really popular like yeah um and so we were like well we got to find a vodka to mix with this obviously sure. that's the only logical <laughs> uh obviously uh, outcome here so we tried every vodka and i used to be of the mind that vodka tasted the same it was just like fermented potato water and there was nothing there's no unique qualities about it whatsoever across any brand um mm. and <clears throat> after trying a bunch of them i started to realize that that wasn't true at all and there's like some are really sweet like absolute some are really sour and bitter like smirnoff and uh when you start to mix them with certain like flavored soda waters with fruit in them you start to notice the that flavor because it either mixes well or terribly with your cherry flavored soda water or something like that Mm. um and so like that was kind of eye-opening i was like holy shit like it's actually real wow and then i started to notice that more in in different things that i tried but the it's like it's like reading books where you only know how good one book is when you read a bunch of them yeah so yeah that's that's very good yeah yeah so like if you just randomly get a 20 euro bottle of wine you're like okay it's good i guess like i don't have any frame of reference for it and the, but you have to try like hundreds of different wines to to like start and that and that's like the uh the uh what am i trying to say like the the no no it's the a, energy it's barrier the, yeah. there my science i can't think of the the other way that that's the the entry fee to to get into that club is yeah. you have to you have to drink a lot of wine yeah yeah probably and um it's funny because with vodka, for example, <clears throat> I mainly drink vodka just on the rocks or without anything. Mm-hmm. 
as most spirits. Like the only one I I don't drink pure is gin. I don't particularly like the yeah, taste of pure gin. I don't but, think it. But really I, I mean, I that. love gin tonic. That's awesome. But, and I've definitely tasted what what you just said. Like with with gin. I mean, with gin tonic, it seems a little more obvious because it like gin has a stronger taste by itself instead of mm-hmm. vodka. So it's really interesting that you said that you tasted those big differences, even when mixing the vodkas. Uh, mm-hmm. with something so if you would just as an example if you would mix your absolute or your your russian standard with um um you know some some variety of bubbly whichever you want mm-hmm. and you you mix it with the same thing and you have a different flavor profile i think that's actually quite cool with gin it seems a little more obvious um and it definitely is because there's such a big variety of, of gins and also so, tonics yeah. um yeah and what I've always found is that in most cases, uh, when it comes to, to mixed drinks, it I I rarely drink like a long drink um, to enjoy the drink. Like, mm. if, like if I want to enjoy the taste of the alcohol, I just drink it pure, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I still enjoy the mix, obviously. I'm not like, oh, that sucks, but I want to get drunk. Like, that's not, <laughs> <laughs> I would I would probably drink Everclear if that were. were, were the oh, case, God. But, <laughs> but, do you want um, me to get you some when you come to Canada? I'll have some ready oh, for you. Oh, Bachelor's no, weekend, I'm going to get get us a liter bottle of <laughs> Everclear. I'm actually not sure because um, in some states in the U.S., Everclear is uh, illegal um well, i'd have to get it from quebec but we can get it yeah but i uh wait, wait a second here in which states is it legal to sell everclear currently 14 states ban the sale of everclear <laughs> including wait do you know the percentage what is the percentage of it 95 oh, okay yeah but that's interesting so the state that i'm moving to is not within the countries who banned it so haha i can also buy it and regret it oh god no but um yeah uh, alcohol's cool i i would like to see a new movement going more towards you know like sodas in the same way we're like oh it's a 1968 uh coca-cola vintage uh (laughs) <laughs> it's 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 aged great because it barely has any fizziness left it's <laughs> it's just pure oh god it never leaves your tongue <laughs> have you there's a youtube video of like somebody making the original coca-cola mm-hmm. recipe mm-hmm. minus minus the coca leaves yes this is like older dude who has yeah. um a cooking channel who does like he exactly channel yeah. is some like glenn i think mm-hmm. glenn and friends i think that's the name of the channel yeah 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 that's actually quite yeah it's insane but i that's it yeah <laughs> yeah okay. god damn why, why is my brain wasting resources for this? <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it Oh man, yeah, I haven't even watched any other video besides that. <laughs> God damn it! Um, yeah. Uh, oh man. Also, I've been getting into something, something new um, that I can't realize right now, but I, I want to in the future, which is sim racing. So, mm. are you aware with that what that entails? Like with. A full like car console and stuff yeah so i've seen all kinds of different rigs which obviously they tend to get a little ridiculous like if you're sitting like six feet above the ground i saw somebody like with a, a shell of an impreza in their house <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing so yeah yeah um but no so so um i mean i've getting i've been getting back into karting like uh like carts like go-karts um mm-hmm. again uh here and i've really enjoyed racing them and it's it's been a ton of fun and i'm i'm still still not giving up the dream of maybe one day because they they have those things in france for example you can do that 
where you can drive an actual Formula One car. Um, oh, cool. So I'm I'm still hoping to be able to do that someday. And also, I've already told my fiance if, you know, if one of our kids someday decides that, you know, they would like to get into like karting or motorsports or whatever. Um, I would be all for that. Like, I, I, I love that shit. And that's great. S- sim racing seems like a cool way to, you know, do that. Like, if you, I mean, let's be real. If you want to get a like a good rig, I mean, obviously the most important thing is your computer. Like, you need a really good computer. And I think a computer that could run like most simulation games right now would probably set you back about like twelve hundred euros. I would think kind of like that mm-hmm. um you would need probably three monitors like uh 16 by 9 monitors um yeah that you would have like more or less surrounding you like one right in front and two like at an angle um then the most important thing obviously is the steering wheel uh when it comes to your gear because that provides like all the feedback <coughs> like you have to the wheel and the wheel base is like full of like gears and motors and stuff and that provides you with the force feedback yeah yeah, so and those tend to get really expensive like like the the gold standard thing by fanatic is like i think 1800 euros holy shit Um, more than the computer yes and uh this does not include the paddles by the way (laughs) and um you need the paddles and then you need I mean, you don't necessarily need it, but it's recommended to have like a rig, like a right, like a I'm seat. With, yeah, wow. it's like a like a seat with like the frame and stuff where you can attach all that. So I think overall you would be looking at around. If you, I mean, you don't have to get the most expensive wheel right away. I mean, you get you can get like decent sim racing wheels around like 150 euros already, um, that provide force feedback, that are precise, that have like. Um, if you pay like 50 bucks more you can not only have like the shifting pedals um on the wheel but you can also have like a real stick shift mm-hmm. um which obviously if you don't want to go for like formula cars you will most likely shift with that yeah to make it more realistic so y- you can like apart from a computer you can probably achieve it for like pff, probably like 400 bucks or something to That's to, not too bad. to get something decent right um, you don't have to get the rig and the seat. You can just do your normal seat and like your your normal chair and just um, attach the wheel at your desk, and that's that's good for for the first couple of of months probably. And um, it's just so cool what you can do nowadays and how like accurate those simulations are. Um, like you've had. A lot of like Formula One drivers in the off season are doing that stuff. Like you, because of the new generation of Formula One drivers, you have a bunch of Twitch streamers <laughs> there as well. <laughs> like like uh, three of those drivers are regularly uh, streaming on Twitch, um, and they are always racing. And it's like very, yeah, you, you can see that their skill definitely transfers. And I think that's a clear sign that the simulations are doing something right. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, I'm just looking yeah. at them. Like, does the does the shifter have force feedback too? Like, when you feel the different gears, or is that that like? Mm, that's a, that's a good question. <clears throat> I think like most shifters, um, like the non-pedal ones, um, they would probably just have back and forth, like no real like you know mm. one two three four five six, um, but just back and forth. I I would think, but. Wait a second. Gear shift. Yeah, so here's one that costs 200 euros, which I would think is probably more the... Okay. Yeah, okay, here we go. So here's one. Oh, that's actually... Okay, so for example, Logitech G29. This is like one of the um, cheaper ones, but it's like really highly praised. And uh, this is 350 euros. With pedals, the uh, leather-wrapped wheel, <clears throat> and a shifter, which <clears throat> actually has all the gears in there. So, yeah, that seems that seems quite cool. Um, and it's driving force shifter, so I would think that it has nice. a force feedback. 
I'm surprised I didn't get into this because I was the kid who loved Gran Turismo. I was oh, obsessed man, yeah. with racing mm-hmm. games, and I like, I played that game. I I like I did every single race. I got every car. I I was so obsessed with it, mm-hmm. and like I wanted to be a race car driver. I was looking up racing schools. I um, mm-hmm. we actually have by my parents' place. There's um, uh, like a karting league and uh that's one nice. of the it's actually like it's a very highly regarded karting league in north america and um i wanted to join it and of course my mm-hmm. mom said no because like that's you know tens of thousands of dollars a year probably to, to yeah. pay for that and like you know uh touring and repairs and shit like that um mm-hmm. so like naturally i was devastated but um sure <laughs> I, I was i was all into that stuff yeah yeah it's great and i mean um i mean it's something that you know if you have the space uh you can definitely set it up so um i mean i'm just looking around on this website now and you have like gaming like those rigs with with the chair and with the pedal stand and everything um that are like 280 bucks you have like 350 for the wheel pedals and gear shift and you're all set i mean if you have a decent computer already you can get into that of course um the only thing like so recently so there's this youtuber called jimmy broad jimmy broadband i think is his name mm-hmm. who's living the dream like he started off as a sim racer and now he's driving uh like he's a race driver for prager cool which is do you know the prager cars uh those are like look them up like prager racing cars those are like those are like real racing cars oh man wait a second so no not prager how do you spell prager yeah yeah i'm just oh it's praga not prager (laughs) praga Oops. Typing. Holy shit. Yes. <clears throat> All right. They're cool. That's pretty cool. Yes. yes. So uh, he went from a sim racer to like a real racing driver. And um, recently, <clears throat> because he's still like his main job is still sim racing and stuff. Um, and well, streaming. And he uh, recently had uh, the Stig on his show. Like one of the old stigs i mean obviously that's not the same guy for the last 20 years um, yeah i'm sure they've had a couple <laughs> but yeah but one of the stigs is like was with him and uh, he trained him in sim racing because like the stig was literally struggling getting into sim racing <laughs> because he's like like what what you're missing obviously with sim racing with like at least cheap rigs like that is like the force feedback on your seat, right? You have no yeah. G-forces at all. So it's really hard to tell whether your rear is getting loose or something like that, you know? Um, so, yeah, he was giving the Stig driving lessons, which is <laughs> insane. <laughs> but yeah, it was really cool. Uh, and yeah, so I mean, if you have some some spare bucks and uh, you're looking for a new hobby, I think that's that's pretty cool. I mean, you have one of the most toxic communities in the world. Um, yep. In racing, so that's definitely a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to have double the fun, just you know, create a Twitter account. Um, just you know create yourself a, a, a sim racing twitter profile and just watch hell break loose all right oh, speaking speaking of which by the way so um twitter in the i, I we, we're not going to talk about what's going on in the world right no. now but <laughs> let me just say, let, let me just say twitter is a huge addition to traditional news like I've seen a lot of things by, you know, uh, news reporters that are in the respective regions Mm -hmm. that um, are tweeting, like, in real time. And uh, I have basically a constant live stream on TV or or my my phone uh, all the time from the news. 
And uh, Twitter, on average, is like half an hour quicker. Um, hmm. And it's the first time that I'm using social media where I'm actually impressed and like, well, there's a reason for social media to exist, finally. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But speaking of Twitter, um, if you've listened that far, we pity you sincerely. But <laughs> we're also questioning you why you're not following us on twitter at friends apart pod go ahead yeah, come on don't you want to hear follow. me going off against bell media for fucking over my attempt to log in <laughs> stuff me using our <laughs> podcast platform to personally attack a, a multimedia conglomerate in canada <laughs> i mean is that not, not entertaining not, to you <laughs> i mean not necessarily the whole conglomerate but like jeff this fucking prick that i was on on the customer support hotline with oh my god and, yeah and 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 he was like what what you mean you haven't tried turning it off and on again uh god oh. damn you jeff <laughs> no fucking well I'll, t- I'll tell you because i was super pissed about it um bell uh they own a bunch of like different media ch- streaming apps too um and to log in to the streaming apps from like your Amazon Fire TV stick or your Google or whatever, um, mm-hmm. it's like you have to use the code on the screen and you go to the website on your phone and it, it pops up and it says you must disable all third-party tracking um, and disa- disable cookies, disable cookie blocking and, dis- and enable third-party tracking in order to log in on your uh-huh. phone. And I'm like, What? um that's unacceptable (laughs) yeah uh if every other streaming website and every other service can possibly navigate around this then so can you but you're just being a piece of shit and so like i but this has been going on for years and like i had screenshots that i meant to send them a long time ago but i finally was just like it's fucking 2022 find a better way (laughs) this is unacceptable (laughs) oh so goddamn yeah. yeah, I can't believe that, man. That's yeah, yeah. So we've like the the biggest issues that I've run into with um, anything like that actually was our um, internet provider here, mm. like who's also obviously responsible for a phone and stuff. And um, you know when so I'm one of the few individuals who uses the Google Google Stadia because I got it for free. Oh, cool. And um since it's you know cloud streaming basically what you're doing you need fast internet and i have that definitely like i have 400 mbits per second so it's definitely reasonably quick and um but i'm on on mostly on sundays actually when most people stay home and just stream stuff Mm -hmm. speed drops down to like one megabit per second or something like that like it's what yeah it's insane and it usually doesn't happen like for long periods but it just sometimes just drops down just like that and you're in the middle of a game and all of a sudden it just stops like wow that's 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 brutal yes and uh like as as streaming goes like netflix has good service and a good buffering technology like you never really feel it with Disney Plus, it's different. Like, Disney servers suck. And uh, we would constantly just watch stuff at, like, 480p. <laughs> it's- oh. Do you know that um, Netflix, I think, pioneered this, and they're obviously the people who are best at it. So they don't have, like, central servers in Europe or something. Each, like, ISP region, they have local servers with all of the st- all of their content. So, really? Like, f- yeah. So, like, for me, uh, our internet ser- service provider, their, like, main hub closest to us is, like, the next province over or something. Yeah. Um, so, they have a giant server farm there for the east coast of uh-huh. Canada. And then in Ontario, there's another server farm with other Netflix <laughs> content. So, like, in, in like, each, I, I don't know, in Germany, for instance, but there might be, like, uh, a server farm in like the north and the south of Germany with that, yeah. local local loading of the content so you don't have to go all the way to like the UK or wherever one might be but like other streaming services can't afford to do that necessarily so it could just be really 
you know because uh, like i mean I'm, i mean <clears throat> disney could definitely afford that you'd think so yeah <laughs> don't underestimate their 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 ability to just overlook <laughs> any sort of quality control we're working on tight margins bitch <laughs> 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 oh man okay anyways so uh yeah that's i would say that's a wrap um that's that's it for the for the uh jason and franz uh friends apart Willkommen. something podcast Und um <laughs> yeah so uh yeah thank you very much jason um it was a pleasure again um you know for everyone uh, who's not following us on, on Twitter at Friends of Pod, go ahead. If you're not a social media person and you would like some more personal correspondence, just, uh, you know, write us a mail at friendsofpodpod <laughs> at gmail.com. Hit us up um, with, those, with those personal deets. Yeah, definitely. And, um, yeah, talk to you guys next week then. Ooh. Bye. Bye. <laughs>